Jonathan Jana De Lawrence. Right through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Roses are red, violets are cooler. Man of the match, Ginelli and Bula. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw, and to celebrate a Stoke 1-0 win at Vicarage Road, Ben Cartwright is here. Hello, good afternoon. How are we feeling? I'm I'm feeling very happy with a very decent performance, I think. Um, obviously, the first half will we'll get a lot of the attention chances-wise and sort of attacking performance-wise, but... Um, I thought we played very well, a, def- a very well, um, a very good defensive performance in the second half. Considering, um, I think you tweeted about the fact that we didn't really have any defensive midfielders in our team, but we were, we did great. I think it's one of our best performances, sort of, especially in the second half in controlling a game. I would say. Yeah, well, um, the team sheet was announced, and there was a. A bit of a panic set in. I think it, it was a it was an exciting yet confusing team sheet. Um, so many injuries uh, taking their toll on us. But um, Munieza partnered Indy in the centre of defence. Uh, Imbula partnered Adam in midfield. Shakiri played behind the striker. And uh, but I think the most kind of baffling one for me was uh, Walters uh, as the striker, but Juve felt right. Now. We we won the game and I think we deserve to win the game. I thought um, first half we were uh, great in possession. We uh, played really well. We looked like we were creating chances. We didn't create too many clear cut chances, but we managed to open them up quite a lot. And um, the second half less so. It was more about um, defending well and being on our metal. But yeah, I'm with you. O- overall, I'm I'm very pleased. With um, with that result, given the players we were missing, and given the fact that we just had a horrible defeat to Bournemouth, and they uh, could have gone sixth with a win. Yeah, I heard that on on the commentary. I think I think we need to be really happy with this with this performance. Um, we've we've played teams in the past in the past few weeks and beaten teams that are definitely bad teams. But Watford haven't been awful this season. I don't think. It was their best performance today against us, and and that's I don't think that's completely down to them turning up and not and having a bad day at the office. I just think the way we played really did sort of stop them from ever getting going in the game, and and we pulled off our game plan pretty well. And even bringing on Crouch at the end, a lot of people, including myself, you see Crouch stripping off, and it's like, oh really? What Mark Hughes literally doesn't know how to substitute, um, but it turns out that he does because what what Crouch did is he. he, he well, he, he did what he what, what it says on the tin, and he, he wins the headers, holds up the play. I mean, he, he won a free kick, free kick quite, uh, <laughs> free kick quite late on, um, and and that's exactly what you need in those situations. So, yeah, it was just an all round good performance. Even though the second half, I don't think did we have a shot on target in the second half off the top of the header. No, we no. didn't. Um, the closest we came second half was that. Um awkward uh arnie slipping it through walters has got an open net but is the ball's kind of a yard or two maybe ahead of him uh, and and to be honest i'm not sure who's to blame there really at, at the time i thought oh walters what are you doing but um the replay made it seem 
a bit out of his reach, but you want Walters to throw himself at that. So even if you miss, you know, you've slid in and done your best kind of thing. Um, yeah, the second half was much more kind of subdued from us. We we started to make a lot more mistakes as they uh, pressed us, I think. There was a few uh, groans of frustration, um, certainly in our inability to keep hold of the ball second half. But in contrast with the first half, first half we kept the ball so well. And um, you've, got to, you've got to applaud Gianelli and Bueller, particularly for his first half performance. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And also, Charlie Adam uh, was uh, started shakily, but grew, grew into the game very well. And they, they, those two in particular have had a lot of flack this season, and e- even when they're not playing. But yeah, uh, very pleased with the amount of... Uh, time we had on the ball, the amount of time we were able to find an attacking player, the amount of time we made the right decision. And that all added up to a a, a very solid display. Uh, First off, I think was probably our best half of the season. I think the thing is with Imbula, especially in that first half, as you mentioned, it just always seemed like he was an option that anyone, whenever there was anyone in a spot of bother, it seemed like Imbula was there to pick up the ball, move it on straight away. And then he was, he was the option again. Um, and he consistently did that throughout the first 45 especially I thought um, and, and he could have bagged himself he, a wonder goal on another day that, yeah, that finds gi- the top corner he gives you so much yardage as well just like that they can be bogged down in midfield at times and all of a sudden Bueller can break and like get you an extra 20 yards up the pitch and I don't think uh, any of our other midfield players can really do that um, so yeah like, like I said before I was worried that um, having no defensive midfielder at all would cost us because I thought we we missed Whelan against Bournemouth. So to to have two players who are very talented but not kind of def, you know holding defensive midfielders and to look as solid as we did was very impressive. Yeah, I think I think also in the. I, would, I was just going to bring up the fact that um, obviously Muniesa came into the side today uh, for Shawcross. And I, I picked up on it a few times. I, th- I think he's quite important today because where Shawcross and Bruno Martins Indy, both sort of defenders that might hold back a bit, Muniesa often sort of goes for the ball, is pressing a lot more from central defence, which sometimes can put him in a spot of bother because if the player beats him or, or whatever, whatever they're in. But today, Muniesa always seemed to be in a space whenever Watford were looking for that final ball and, and he'd pick up the ball where a, where a Shawcross probably wouldn't have done that. So the fact that there wasn't a, a Whelan or a well a defensive midfielder in there, out-and-out defensive midfielder anyway, um, it was sort of helped by the fact that Muniesa was there to pick up the ball because he's so mobile. I mean, a lot of people were saying that it could have been him in defensive midfield this week. I, was, I didn't want that to happen. I'm happy it didn't happen. Um, but he sort of was able to fill that role from centre back, and and I thought that was quite that was that was a good part of his game today. Yeah, uh, two uh, centre backs played very well. I thought Bruno could have been a shout for man of the match. I think overall uh, across the whole ninety, his game was pretty faultless, to be honest. Um, they they threw uh, all their attacking players on in the second half, and we we just we were very solid and. I had a couple of scares, but uh, nothing really major. I don't think um, the goal we scored. The goal we scored. I just uh, seen Charlie Adam on Sky uh, basically admit to pushing the Watford player, but uh, 
Yeah, Charlie Adam popping up from a corner. I know. What a treat. And then Horelio Gomez kicking it in or whatever it came off him. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In the preview show, um, Mike from the Watford podcast, it it just said how well uh, Gomez was doing for Watford and how much the fans love him and all this stuff. And I was like, well, against Stoke, he usually um, gives gives us something special. He uh, hospitalised his own player when he played for Spurs. Yeah, poor Choluca. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see some uh, vintage Gomez there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, Lee Grant um, in our goal. I thought it did worry me a bit. He needs to come off his line more, I think. But uh, yeah, I noticed that today, yeah. especially. I think he was a bit. Yeah, he didn't come out of his goal as much as he could have done, and, and taken off, taken the pressure off the defenders sometimes. But again, he it, it wasn't a bad performance, and he's definitely better. He's better than having Shea Given in there. Um, and we can't be too far off seeing Jack Butland coming back into the team. Obviously, Lee Grant has done fantastically well coming in um, and no one expected him to play so well. But I, I, I was talking about it just after the game there with my family and I can't wait to see Jack Butland back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the bench was a, a funny one, wasn't it? Um, obviously, uh, Thibaut Verlinden and Julian Ngoy were both there, which, you know... We're obviously big advocates of uh, young players getting in the matchday squad. So, uh, you know, all the deploying Goy hashtags were back for this game. Um, but it was... So, let me get this straight. We had Given, a goalkeeper. We had Crouch, striker. Bojan, attacking mid. Verlindenen and Goy, both wingers. Sobi, a winger. And uh, Bonnie, also a striker. The, the the crouch substitution, um, though I got a bit of a, a moan on Twitter, it was the most defensive substitution we could have made because he was clearing headers for us. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. I mean, that's the thing. It would have been lovely to see a Verlinden and Goy and, and maybe a Sobby. I think a lot of people were calling for Sobby to come on in the closing stages, especially when, when yeah. a, a few players were looking a bit leggy. But, I mean, yeah, I think Hughes sort of played his cards right. We, we had... Peter Crouch and Charlie Adam on the pitch, both with, well, and Walters with years of experience. They, they've been in those situations so many times before. And there's that, especially that moment when Charlie Adam, we were on the break and maybe you might see a sobby sort of trying to score again, where Adam just took it into the corner, hit it into their play and we got a, mm. what a, we got a throw, which is, again, probably exactly what we needed in that situation. It would have been great to see an Ngoy or a Linden come on. Um, but the fact of the matter is they're, they're literally the definition of, of inexperience when when you compare them to Peter Crouch. Yeah. So in that situation, it probably wasn't the right call to bring one of them in. I mean, that was kind of why I was, I was even more annoyed at Waters at that stage because if we're 2-0 up, it, it, it might have been a bit more likely to see an Engoy or Verlinden come on for the last 20 minutes. But because he... because <laughs> yeah. he, John Waters might be one of the worst strikers in those situations. I, I swear there's been so many... There's so many times like that where there's been a ball played across the box and he hasn't been able to, to nab it in. Yeah, there, there was one at uh, Goodison Park earlier this season which was a very yeah. similar scenario. And I, he just needed to fling himself oh, at it it yeah. just it wasn't it wasn't instinctive it's strange because you think oh Nautovic the player he is he must have been he must have played balls like that into strikers throughout his career for years and years and years so he's probably pretty good at it um, and it's, it's a tough one because some people will be like oh it has Arnautovic played it too far in front of Waters or has Waters been too slow but 
I mean, Arnie must be so practiced in that. And because Walters has done it a few times before, I just can't help but feel why, why, why is that? Is it? Is does he not sort of put you, in that one hundred and ten percent in that situation just to fling himself at it? You feel a, a quicker player like uh, or Bojan would have just got there, but um, I mean, yeah, the, the, these are um, mild mm. criticisms that we didn't that we didn't finish the game off early early enough, really. Um, it, the Walters up front um, and Juf out wide did kind of uh, frustrate me at first, but Juf was fantastic. I thought down that right. Yeah. He he. Uh, I think I tweeted something to the effect of he out John Walters. John Walters in terms of uh, running up and down. He he put his head in front of everything. He got a boot to the face for his troubles. He he was uh, doing all the. Uh, thankless work that we associate more with John Walters, but I think we probably should associate with Juve, really. Yeah, I mean, I think he literally won a header in the first minute. I think from kickoff in the first half, we booted the ball up to that right wing, and he's there. He literally leaps, leapt like a salmon, um, to win the header, and that just sort of set the precedent for the entire game. He was, he was doing it all, all um, ninety minutes, and yeah, I fell in love with with Juve again. You kind of forget. Um, with this squad there's yeah. so many people to fall in love with that you kind of forget where you're at with some of them but yeah Jeff was fantastic <laughs> today it is a very strange or just like how Jeff can go from not even in the match day squad to starting for us just like on the basis of a, of a few injuries or something it, it's, it's yeah. the, we, fair play to Hughes fair what, play to Hughes I mean he's yeah. picked one out. I mean how many players? How many people? How many fans? Obviously, we know everything there is to know about Stoke City, so we should be making decisions. But how many fans would have called for Jif to play on the right wing today? I don't think there would have been many. Um, a lot of people would have said Solby, I think, today instead, or someone like that. But Jif's come in and he's done a fantastic job, and we should be sort of praising Hughes for that decision because I think it was a it was a great one. It was exactly what the game needed. I mean, Watford could have been down to nine players, even eight players, maybe. The amount of fouls yeah, they, they were giving they, away. They, they, were, they were shocking. Um, really. um, yeah, and it was, I was so happy when they went down to 10 men because it was exactly what they deserved. I think Amrabat should have gone earlier as well. Um, but yeah, and that's down to that's down to the likes of Juf just giving it to them and they hate it. They hated it and it worked for us. Yeah. But we, we um, I think we Bournemouth them to an extent. We, we didn't kind of marred, we didn't marred as much as Bournemouth did, but we, um, we just frustrate, frustrated them, got under their skin, and um, and they they lashed out us too often. I mean, they were so kind of slow and sluggish first half, and uh, I think they were just kind of just getting annoyed and started kicking us mm. a bit um, in the second half. Um, yeah, they they seem to have a real kind of attitude problem, which was summed up by um, oh, I can't remember his name, but the Watford substitute uh, taking about ten years to get ready to come on. Um, Henri was. Uh, pissing himself laughing at that in the uh, in the Sky studio but uh, Redknapp was getting really annoyed like this is the Premier League how can you not be ready <laughs> yeah yeah um, apparently uh, Walter Mazzari has refused to shake Mark Hughes's hand after the game yeah I saw that um, I saw that you you, won- you wonder why they're so indisciplined when their manager kind of behaves like that really but um, it's a very odd one because it's not like we that it was sort of a fiery performance from our end, I don't think particularly. I mean, yeah. we we no. we played a football match and and we played it sort of tough love kind of thing, but it wasn't like we were being cynical. I wouldn't say there was no there was never no, any I sort of think... 
real time wasting. It's obviously at the end of the game you're going to hold it in the corner. We we're going to go in hard. It, it it was that kind of game, but it never felt sort of malicious, yeah. did it? And it wasn't like there was a a big controversial decision no. that he should have given them. We could do you reckon that was a, a penalty on Walters? Um, no, in the second half, no chance. No, I I mean, I I think. I try, yeah, soft. I try and be objective, and and if that happens against Stoke, I mean, I don't want to see the reaction on Twitter to that. So, yeah, I don't think we can. Yeah, unfortunately, Shakiri is the ten. Then uh, a lot of people were calling for it before the game. Uh, to me, maybe he can play there, but not too much evidence of it today. I thought he had his moments, but uh, uh, second half he seemed to be uh, giving the ball away slightly. He was very easy to close down. I think. Uh, the, my frustration with our forward play today, which on the whole was quite good, um, was that we just kept making daft decisions in key moments, really, like not not playing through the pass went and going for the shot and just moments like that where we could have seen the game out with if we just, just kept our heads in those areas, really. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't um, really a vintage day for Marco and Altovic either. They didn't have his best game. No. But my thoughts after the game on the sort of number 10 role. It's just that, I mean, if Bojan sort of, he had a, he didn't play well last last um, last weekend, um, t- to be honest. And and it looks like he's not going to be in the team next week because players like Jeff come in and, and they sort of, they're performing straight away where, where Bojan unfortunately came in last week and he didn't have his best game and, and he's back on the bench. So I don't think we're going to be seeing Bojan um, for a couple of weeks because obviously we we didn't have Alan today who has been playing in, in Bojan's number 10 and instead of going with Bojan we've gone with Waters on well Waters up front and Shakiri behind him which sort of I think sort of shows how how Hughes is thinking of Bojan at the moment so it's sad but the fact of the matter is Bojan had his chance last week and he didn't take it so so yeah a, a good win that kind of um, cancels out the really poor result against Bournemouth. I think in terms of this run that we kept talking about uh, of winnable games and to win four of them, I think is uh, very good. And we've only lost one of them. Um, Burnley could be a a really big one for us in terms of taking that big step up away from, you know, all those struggling teams uh, purely because until today, we'd beaten probably the three worst sides in the league. And so to win against someone who's playing well is uh, quite a big deal for us. So if if we could go to... Uh, no, Burnley come into the Brit, aren't they? If Burnley came to Stoke and we beat them, I think uh, there'd be... There'll be a, I don't know, street party for Mark Hughes, probably. Yeah, so uh, Burnley next week, they're coming to the, uh, the Bet365. Uh, do you think we can make it uh, another win and separate us from that group of struggling teams? I think, again, I'll say the answer that I've said for a, for a number of weeks now that we should be doing that. I don't think they've been playing very well away from home recently. Uh, obviously, a big part of their game is is similar to how we were playing back in sort of 09, 08, um, sort of at home as the sort of fortress, even though the atmosphere there apparently is, is a bit dead. But anyway... Um, yeah, I think we need to beat them. We've we've got the players. Obviously, Alan coming back in, um, he'll probably find his way back into the team. And we've got a lot of quality in there. As I said earlier, Arnautovic didn't have a vintage day, but on his day, he can cause damage. And Imbula's playing well. I mean, I was thinking as well, Hughes has got such a, a selection dilemma 
now, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, in Pula I, I, and, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't like to pick his team for him uh, for the Burnley game because there's so many players who played well today that probably wouldn't have got into his his team three weeks ago. Likes of Imbula, likes of Juve. Um So you wonder how he's gonna uh, fit everything together. But you know that, that's what he's paid to do. Exactly. And we're not paid to do it. We're just we're just paid to speculate. We're not paid at all. Um, we're not paid at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, well, I'm guessing Whelan will will be back available next weekend, and you've got Alan back available definitely, um, and Imbula, and Adam. I think that central midfield sort of area, especially, is is very difficult one for Hughes to work out who's best for it. And yeah, as as we say, I'm happy that I'm not. I don't have to make that decision. Any other thoughts on this game? Uh, we we did mention the, the the red card there. I thought I thought it was quite clever from Shakiri actually. Mm-hmm. It, we we did break, and I think he kind of checked his run ever so slightly to to give the guy the option of fouling him. Uh, I thought the the way we closed out the game was very strong. Um, would have liked uh, Imbula to have stuck away that chance at the end. That would have been yeah, uh, would have uh, summed up a, a perfect day. But uh, no, happy with the one 0 You you can't. Uh, complain too much about away wins so certainly not uh having lost to Bournemouth at home so yeah, it was it was a very pleased. satisfying day I would say and there, there was yeah. there was an obviously as you say it would have been it would have been lovely to get one of the screamers going in either from from Peters or in Bula there at the end um and we had our other moments like that Shakiri flip-flap I mean you don't see that every mm. week and it was a delight so yeah, I, every time he brings it out, he does it fantastically, and that was a vintage flip flap, as so called flip flap, and I yeah, yeah, love that. Just gonna say about um, twelve o'clock kickoffs on a Sunday. Most people hate them, but <laughs> it was great for me because uh, I can get uh, the game and the podcast out of the way before three o'clock on a Sunday. So uh, yeah, thanks Stoke for that. Uh, just some correspondence. Uh, Nathan SCFC says very good soccer. That's his that's his summation of the game. And uh, Tom Throwett says Gene Elian Bueller, Gene Elian Bueller, Gene Elian Bueller. What a glorious return for him. Long may it continue. I, I really hope he, he keeps his place because obviously he has got man of the match. The thing is with Mbula in the past, he's had these games where he's been amazing and then it sort of dropped off. So hopefully this week he can build from it. I'm, I'm, I really hope he can because there's yeah. definite quality there. He shows it sort of every now and again for us since he signed for us but the issue for him is consistency and and really building on a decent performance like he's had today so I, I'm sure Hughes won't be looking to drop him I think it might be that we see Imbula and and Whelan or someone like that maybe Adam gets dropped and then Alan coming back in behind the striker um, but I really hope whatever happens Imbula is, is in there and, and he can build on on a very very good performance yeah, we, we had these uh, comments from him during the week, uh, didn't we, mm. that, to the effect of, I know, I know I've not played well and I'm working on kind of applying myself really, which is uh, always something we want to hear, but something we don't often see from a lot of players. So um, I think there's recognition that hadn't been playing his best stuff, um, but hopefully it's a sign of things to come. We did say it was in Beulah time in the last show, so... Uh, you can thank us for that. Um, yeah, the the only major downside from today was a lack of deployment of Ngoy. But um, keep the faith, people. 
it'll happen soon. Thank you very much for listening to episode 29 of the Wizards of Dribble podcast. We'll be back midweek with a preview of Burnley. Go on, Stoke.